1: Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value.
3: Billie Eilish is calling in right now if you want to say hello to her. Really? She really is. Yeah. Yeah? Sure. Well, hello, everybody. (laughs) Welcome to a special, an extra special episode of The Office Deep Dive. I am your host, Brian Baumgartner. Now, today, I'm going to need you to hold on to your pants, folks. Is that a phrase? Because I have got a very special surprise for you. Actually, not one. I have two surprises. So let's start with the one that involves my good friend, Steve Carell whom I don't know, some of you may know as Michael Scott on The Office. Just kidding, I know you know who Steve is. Um, Well, yesterday was his birthday. Happy birthday to you, Steve. And we all know he is the man who deserves all of the presents in the world. Well, I gave him my gift last year, which was to surprise him with one of the biggest Musicians on the planet who also happens to be one of the biggest office fans on the planet. He got to meet Billy freaking Eilish uh, for the first time over FaceTime. And let me tell you, it was magical. Okay, that week she had just taken home five Grammy Awards, one of which I still believe rightly belongs to us. And I'll take that any time. Billy, thank you very much. <laughs> but in honor of Steve's birthday, I'm going to share with you, all of you listeners, my gift to him, this uh, a phone call with Billy Eilish. After that, I'm going to be answering some of the questions that you have been asking me on social media, uh, filling in the gaps and getting to to know all of you just a little bit better along the way. But before we get to that, before we get to you, please give a very warm welcome to, well, the king of the office, Steve Carell, and the voice of a generation, Billie Eilish.
0: Bubble and squeak, I love it. Bubble and squeak, I know. Bubble and squeak, I cook it every moment left over from the night before.
4: First of all, congratulations! Oh my god! Oh my. Thank That's you, insane!
5: This is crazy. How are you guys? How are you? I'm great. I am amazing.
3: Congratulations, Steve and I were just talking actually, and you won five Grammys. Yes. Um, we feel like our contribution on the album was the most significant. So if you can. If you can send one over, we'll split it. It'll be fine. I
5: got you. I don't need all of them. You can have one. <laughs> Did you see that?
4: I just got us a
5: Grammy. That's easy. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
4: It's so That's nice to to like actually say hi. I feel like we've sort of sort of crossed paths but not really i know
5: it's so nice oh my god it's so crazy to hear your actual voice and look at your face i don't know this is crazy (laughs) this is crazy wow this is my mom by the way come here mom hi hi how
4: are you you're 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 friends with amy ryan
5: yeah very we love amy Amy
4: i she's the best (laughs) she might be my favorite character on the office
5: oh she's pretty awesome That Billy watches your show, you know, all the time. The phone has the office on next to everything she's doing day and night.
3: (laughs) Why did you decide? uh, Like, is it your strange addiction? Is that, is the office your strange addiction?
5: Definitely my strange addiction. That's why I had to use that song. That's why I had to use it. Come on. I had to use your voices because, you know, I was telling the truth as a fact. She knows the
6: show so well that she can just listen to it, you know, because
5: she knows everything that's coming up, and everything that's happening. It's true. Sorry, I don't mean to embarrass you, Billy.
3: Really. Are you embarrassed?
5: <laughs> I'm embarrassed <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yep, a little bit.
3: Billy, who who is your favorite character on The Office?
5: That's a trap. <laughs> Eek. Um, listen, just say
4: Dwight and get it over with. <laughs> yeah, do <he sucks>. okay. it. <laughs> Dwight Why is everyone's Michael? favorite. It's,
5: Honestly, I think it's Michael.
3: That's fair. Well, that's fair. He only terrible taste. He only did seven seasons, but that's <laughs> fine. That's fine.
5: <laughs> ah, this is crazy. I don't know if you guys understand how dope this is to me. Thank you guys for talking to me. This is like,
4: well, it's, I would yeah, ask, it's pretty like a pretty big deal. It's a must, very, very it's big deal. It's a very big deal that you get to do this. I just am saying.
5: <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's Why such a pleasure. Crazy,
3: yeah, I have to tell you, Billy, I have a four-year-old. My four, Do you? My, I have a four-year-old, yes. I started late. It's a long story. We'll talk about it later. But uh, she dances around and demands to hear Billie Eilish. I don't know how she ever even heard your songs, um, <laughs> but she uh, is such a fan, which makes me a humongous fan of yours. so That's so,
5: sweet.
3: so thank you. Uh, thank
5: you that's so cool
3: yeah when did you what what is i have to ask you a couple of questions when did you start watching the office
5: so i started watching at 12 and i've seen it 14 times now all the way through which is really crazy and honestly every single like because i've been getting older obviously watching it every time i watch it I understand something new <laughs> because That's I started cool. at 12 and I, I i honestly, if you ask my parents, most of the things that it makes me sound so stupid, but the most of the things that I know are because of the office. No, no, don't so say like, that. That's don't say a that. terrible. Don't say that. No, no, no. I swear no. to God though, it's fucked up. It's fucked up. What can I say? <laughs> what can I say? This is what it's, we've it's, created. I know no. what has happened. Damn it. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> but like, um, like my parents will reference things that I only understand because of The Office. <laughs> They'll sing songs that I'll sing along to because of The Office that I don't even... Oh, it's really... Um, there are some <laughs> words that... There are literally words... Steve, that you said in the show that I thought were real words, but they were fake. They, they, were, they were you not saying them correctly because of the character, and it was funny that they did that. But I didn't actually know the real word. So like, I, I, yeah. I,
4: I know, I know when you're thinking. I do too. Dink and Flicka. <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely that one. <laughs> no, I thought she meant
3: like what? What is indubitable? Uh, you,
5: indubitably
3: yes yes that's exactly <laughs> yeah. right indubitably yeah. oh yep. that's amazing yeah. so you st- yeah. so you start you watch it 14 times through yeah have you started the 15th time yet
5: i have not i had to i had to take a break so that it's like it's all fresh you know what i mean <laughs> no because if i don't watch it for a period of time then i do watch it then i'm like oh you know it's like a yeah, I gotta like miss it and then go back to you it, might you know?
4: want to take like 10 or 12 years. <laughs> so it's really fresh.
3: Uh, uh, I will tell you, I saw you um the video that was going around that you did with Rain. Um, and he was he was qui- he was quizzing her on, on quotes. And Rain, I'm not I'm not joking. He says like two words, and you go, Kevin.
2: And I was like,
3: what? I don't even know what that, how did she even know what that was? It was unbelievable.
4: I, I have not actually seen all the episodes of The Office. So you, you have me beat like by 14. Here, here's That's the
3: thing. Crazy. He did he once he left, he was like, screw those guys, I'm out of here. Yeah. And he did I
5: understand. Yeah,
3: he didn't. Hey, wait a second. <laughs> I know. I know. I was making fun of you, and then somehow I ended up the butt of the joke, (laughs) which is typical, actually. Um, Do your friends watch it?
5: Yeah, my best friends always like same level of um, obsessed with it as I am. What
3: what what is it that you love about it?
5: I don't know. I feel like it's um, it's like not stressful. I feel like so many shows, you really have to pay attention very closely to understand, and. I don't know if it's because I've seen it so many times that I already like what my mom was saying about it just playing. I'll I'll set my phone. I'll like literally sit my phone down. And I was crazy. I watch it only on my phone, like my tiny little phone. I don't ever watch it on a TV or anything. My little phone. And I put it on like a table and then I like clean my room or I like leave the room or I'm like in the shower or (laughs) something just
4: listening to it. That's the best way to do it. Is put it on and then leave, leave the room. room. <laughs> yeah. No,
5: no, but no, it's not that no. I'm listening, though. But it's because I've, I've seen it so many times that I can, com- like, fully envision exactly what the scene is. Because I know, because ex- I've seen it so many times and my brain is like, oh, yeah, I know what's going on. Like, even if I'm on a plane and I see, like, three rows ahead of me, somebody watching The Office... I can tell what scene it is and what episode it's from, from, like, what they're wearing and, like, <laughs> the body
3: language. Is it, like, does it give you comfort? Like, is it comfortable to you?
5: It totally is. It it makes me feel like, I don't know, it's like a safe space, I think. It, like, takes me away from the reality of my life.
3: <laughs> Which is, must be pretty crazy right now.
5: It is pretty crazy. I'm sure you guys know.
3: Yeah. Um... Thank you so much for talking to us.
5: Thank you
4: for talking to me.
3: <laughs> we really appreciate it. Steve, do you want to say anything?
4: Or? No, it's just so nice to actually talk to you. And uh, congratulations.
5: <laughs> thank you, guys. Billy, right. your kids. I said hi. Thanks.
4: All right, Billy. Bye. Bye.
5: Bye.
3: Wow. Just <laughs> wow. Uh, thank you both for coming on. And Steve, happy birthday. My friend, I'm, I'm still a little concerned that Billy, uh, learned most of what she knows from the office, but <laughs> what can you do? Uh, thank you and happy birthday. All right. The time has come to answer some questions from you. Mailbag. That's right. Now I'm going to get to as many questions as I possibly can, but if I don't get to yours, never fear. We're going to be doing more episodes Like this. So, subscribe and comment on Apple Podcasts or uh, write me on Instagram and Twitter because, well, we will be watching. All right, let's dive in. And if I say somebody's name wrong today, I'm sorry. I love you just the same. Plus, you know who you are. Am I right? All right. So, on that note, our very first question well, maybe less of a question than an ego boost. A listener wrote in to say, Super excited about the podcast. Kevin was my favorite character on The Office. By the way, here's the ultimate compliment a comedian can receive. You made me laugh so hard that I actually developed a nosebleed. (laughs) The ice machine scene in the wedding episode was hilarious. Thank you. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I have been told by many people over the years that they cannot use public ice at a hotel slash motel because, well, they're afraid my feet was in it. Lupe Paz writes, "Uh, can you, one of these days on the podcast, talk about the opening scene of stress release? This is the episode where Dwight starts the fire drill. It is one of the funniest episodes slash openings, and I think we'd all love to hear how you guys felt filming that. So uh, Stress Relief was the episode that aired after the Super Bowl. If you have found uh, the show on Netflix, you wouldn't know that. Um, I would say it is not only one of my favorite openings of a show, it's one of my personal favorite episodes. I think part of that has to do with the fact that it, it did air right after the Super Bowl. And, well, I'm a big football fan. Um, there were two openings to the show that we had the most rehearsal. It was the most almost like doing theater. There was the lip dub open, which was all one take. So it had to be done one take, the camera moving around the office and also the opening of stress relief. I mean, there were so many elements that happened in shooting that we had cat wranglers. We had uh, two different sets of broken glass, Kevin at the vending machine and Michael with the exterior window. We had copiers smashing into doors and things breaking or having the potential to break. It was so much fun filming that scene, culminating with Stanley, of course, um, having a heart attack. So thank you for your question. But yes, for me personally, I would say my favorite cold open on the show. Rafsan Islam writes, Sir, I'm a really big fan from Bangladesh. Really love your podcast. Wolf, I am so happy that we have listeners in Bangladesh. thank you and i'm I'm hearing we have lots of um listeners in India and across Europe. Thank you all wherever you're listening. Thank you so much for listening uh Walter Byrne writes Kevin Malone had a little black and gold helmet on his desk with an m on the side of it. What football team does that belong to? I have no idea <laughs> i really I really don't. I, I never found out it was there the whole time. And in fact, shh, it might have been borrowed from NBC by yours truly when uh, the office ended. And I guess that makes me really a terrible actor, like not doing character study. I don't, I don't know what team it was from. I, I really don't, but I'm guessing, uh, a, a small college. It was not, um, it, it, I, I don't know. I'm sorry, Walter Byrne.
0: The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn Nicotine Pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Ready to start your new journey? Order online at Zyn.com. That's ZYN.com to start your new journey today with the Zyn 10 Challenge. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical.
3: So, in our last Mailbag episode, Dr. J. Skill asked who would be the best at playing hide-and-seek on The Office. I said Angela, of course, because, <laughs> well, because she's so tiny. For Fry responded by saying, false, Creed would win at hide-and-seek. Well, he has the most experience as a character hiding from people uh, without being Found. I think he hid in the office for, I don't know, close to 20 years. So, for Fry, maybe you're right. Maybe it is Creed Bratton. Foss A94 writes, Thanks for the thoughtful interviews and never-ending nostalgia. Hearing you talk about the web series reminded me of a DVD extra, Kevin's Cooking Show. Comedic Gold, I did a Kevin's Cooking Show Part 2 inspired by yours for my freshman speech class, and accidentally spit on stage who spit slash sprayed the most during takes any memorable saliva stories. That is a great yet disturbing question. I believe by the way, the DVD extra was called Kevin cooks stuff in the office, which is just slightly weirder than Kevin's cooking show. We've discussed before, Mindy Kaling was the one who broke the most on set. I think there's no disputing that in terms of spit slash spraying. Jeez. I don't know. I will say as an actor and particularly in film and television, you know, when you're on stage in theater, I think it's, it's more expected. You're, you're, you're working your mouth very hard and, and stuff goes. Comes out of it, it is always incredibly awkward because in film and television, you're usually speaking face to face and sometimes very, very close, depending on where the camera is. And if something happens and something leaves your mouth that should not leave your mouth onto another person, and the other person can't respond to you because they're in the middle of a scene and they don't want to ruin it, so everyone just acts as though that doesn't happen. Well, it's it's never fun for either for either party. But maybe it's because of his experience in theater and his excellent elocution and enunciation, I would say Rain Wilson. And I'm just going to leave it at that. And if I'm wrong, sorry Rain. JP's dad writes on Apple Podcasts Question for future episode. You guys all worked really long hours, cast and crew alike. When someone kept breaking, forcing a bunch of reshoots, did anyone ever get angry or upset about all of the extra time or money that was being wasted? You know, it's part of it, I think, in a comedy. I mean, you're trying to keep it right on the edge, and I think that there's an energy that happens during scenes. Um, where you're attempting in a way, I always said, I thought Steve was trying to make everyone laugh. I think that's part of the energy that he brought, uh, where he would improvise something or say something in a different way or give someone a different kind of look because he was trying to keep them right on the edge of laughing. So I think that a lot of it is expected. There were times where like the first AD would be like, you guys get it together. Like it becomes a teacher slash student interaction at some times. Yeah. I mean, there's a certain point where it's, it's just, it's not fun for anybody. And it's certainly not fun for the person laughing either. And you feel really, really bad. I don't remember anyone specifically getting angry except the first AD. Yeah. Or maybe a line producer who knew we were about to go into overtime and (laughs) they were not happy about that unfortunately there are times where there's just nothing that you can do so sorry kent sabornak and (laughs) randy cordray sorry for the money that well some of us cost you diane blue asks hi brian that's not a question love your podcast thank you Uh, I am such a huge fan. I thought your character was so lovable. You were one of my favorites. You and Phyllis. Speaking of Phyllis, why did she, Oscar, Angela, and Creed keep their real names on the show? I always wanted to know. Thanks. Well, Diane, uh, that's been talked about a little bit in this. Greg Daniels describes it as something to the effect of, you know that he ran out of creative energy on the character during casting. What happened was, There were a number of characters who came, they were based on characters from the English version of The Office. So Jim and Pam and Dwight and Michael and Kevin and Stanley, those are the ones that jumped to mind. And so our names were adapted. Keith in the British became Kevin, but they always knew they, meaning Greg Daniels and the producers and director on The Office, that they wanted our ensemble to be larger. And so they brought in other actors to fill out the ensemble that offered different personalities and voices. And at that point, uh, Greg thought, well, let's just call them who they are. However, Creed Bratton is the only person whose first and last name is the same. And, um, well, let's just say there, there might be a reason for that. Ricky Chu asks via Twitter... That was wonderful, Brian, meaning the Phyllis episode. To me, Phyllis exemplifies one of the big themes of the show, beauty in ordinary things. You were all underdogs for getting on the show and keeping it on the air, but she was unlikeliest of unlikely underdogs. Her story just warms my heart. Ricky, I could not agree with you more. I don't, I've never heard another story like it that a casting associate gets cast onto a show and ends up being a series regular for 10 years, 9 seasons. I don't think that's ever happened before. There are a lot of instances of writers who get a role here and there. But Ken Kwapis, Greg Daniels deciding that Phyllis Smith, the casting associate, needed to be on this show. is a, It's a truly unique story. And, and part of the story she tells us about going home when we started shooting and reading books on improv because she didn't want to feel behind, uh, is a testament to one, her work and dedication. And well, the show certainly would not be the same without her. Another question about the Phyllis uh, episode, Jeffrey Johnson asks, when are you going to blow everyone's minds and tell them who sings the podcast's intro song? I mean, I feel like I have. <laughs> Maybe Jeffrey... You don't listen to the credits at the end of the po- I think you just revealed to me you don't. Creed Bratton, the one and only Creed Bratton, wrote the song Bubble and Squeak, and he graciously allowed us to use it as our podcast theme song. So once again, thank you, Creed, and to you, J.J., Listen to the credits, because there are a lot of people who put in so much work on this show, and I, I want them all to be recognized, not, not the least of which, Creed Bratton. Michelle Cochran writes, whoo, if you told me the Creed episode would be the one to make me cry. <laughs> uh, also, Neil Graham writes, I was sledgehammering my crappy old driveway, tears pouring down my face about Creed Bratton. Let me tell you, Michelle and Neil, you're not the only ones. I can't, there is just, I know I said it, there's just something about that guy. I, uh, and his story is incredible as well, that he sought out Ken Quapas, who he had worked with before and put together tapes of himself to try to get on our show. And, you know, is one of the, the most beloved characters on our show now. And I had seen him the night before that. That's the crazy, when he came into the studio for, for me to talk to him, I had seen him at his benefit concert the night before. And I had seen him play uh, the song from the finale when he came into the studio and started on his guitar, just me and him in that room. Yeah. Yeah. There were tears. There were tears, for sure. Karen Pullen asks, I adore your show. You're so relaxed and thorough. (laughs) Well, I'm glad it feels that way. Did you ever do radio in college or your earlier days? No. Not really. I didn't. I've talked about radio before. I'll tell you one of my first, though, audio jobs. And this is only going to resonate for people who are... um, Well, I guess older before the internets were a big thing when you were trying to find out a movie and you didn't have a paper and you wanted to find out what movies were playing. You would call a a line that that was the movie line. It was called the movie line, I think. And it would be like, hello, here are the movies listed for AMC Galleria Theater. And then it would literally be like uh, The Quiet Place 2. 4 p.m., 7 p.m., 8.20 p.m., and 9.35. Someone had to read those like once a week for all of the story. To- I did do that for a little while. I was, I was the movie line guy for my local area. But that was it. Um, but I will tell you, I love it. I love talking to people. I love just having conversations with people. And the fact that, that on this show, I'm able to do it with some old friends. Well, it makes it even more special. Odd Carrick asks, as a practicing therapist, I am forever grateful to the office for being there for me as a way to decompress and to deal with my own issues. It has been a beacon in times of my darkness. Thank you. One, God bless you. And uh, and I hope you're okay. But two, uh, you know, I've heard this so much that people use the show. Well, as Billy, Eilish talked about as a comfort in a what can be a crazy world for for all people. It has served as a comfort for her. So thank you for saying so. Thank you for watching the show and know that I and others on the show appreciate comments like that more than you know. All right, Jonathan Janes asks, "We need you to do a full version of You Were Meant for Me by Jewel like you did at Phyllis's wedding." No. You are not going to hear a fully released version of You Were Meant for Me by Jewel. Sorry, Jonathan, JJ. Uh, From the Paul Lieberstein episode, Japhethan writes on Apple Podcasts, Toby, I love this podcast so much. I'm really enjoying the in-depth and thoughtful interviews. I do need to ask, is it the case that everybody hates the character Toby? I've always felt great sympathy for him. I mean, I guess you'd have to ask other fans. <laughs> I mean, I, w- I think most of the characters on The Office hated Toby or at least HR. I think it's an HR thing. I'm sorry to all you HR reps out there. But I would say in terms of fans, or at least for me, I just love that Michael hates him so much. So there's a love for him because Michael hates him. I don't know if that makes sense, but I, I love, I love that. I love, and that Steve just came up with it. I love it. Jessica Worcestershire asks, who is least like their character in real life? Besides Angela Kenzie, my guess is maybe Oscar. Oscar? No, I, I mean, I think it's me (laughs) to be clear. I guess I don't, I guess that's for other people to say, But if I were saying I would say me, I am less like my my real life character, except, well, maybe I like to gamble a little and and I, I can shoot the rock.
6: If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. just ask one of the millions of people who have achieved lasting change. You have lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zyn. Find your Zyn online or in a store near you at Zin.com slash find. That's Z-Y-N slash find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical.
3: writes, I would love to hear people from the office talk about their memories of Mark York, who played Billy Merchant, the disabled building manager who died this past weekend. He portrayed a memorable character. Thank you, Ann Patton Allbeck. Mark was great. Mark was great. And Steve slash Michael's interaction with Billy Merchant were very memorable. It was a, a, a tragedy that he died. And, um, and I don't know if, if you, I, I can't specifically reference where, but a lot of people came out and did express their condolences for him, uh, for his family. Thank you for bringing it up because Mark York should be recognized for the tremendous work that he did. And it is a, a, a great loss. All right. In the episode with Jenna Fisher, it's possible that she and I may have briefly mentioned an idea that Steve had for an office reunion. So Daniel Kelly says, how do you let her drop that info about Steve's idea and bury it like, oh, yeah, I've heard Steve's idea. Like the world knows what you speak and brushed aside like the crumbs of a cookie. Um, look, <laughs> first of all, it's Steve's idea. If Steve wants to talk about his idea that isn't a reality at this moment, then Steve can't. Let's just say that the idea does happen. Well, would you want to know? Wouldn't you want to be surprised? And if you don't want to be surprised, I can tell you this NBC wants you to be surprised. So neither Jenna nor myself is going to reveal Steve's idea. I'm very sorry. But the point was. There is an idea and it's really good. Sean H.M. talks about wanting, well, a, a very specific new episode. Dude, we're loving the podcast, but you know what we also want? An episode where we talk to Brian and get to know everything about Kevin. We can't wait to hear you tell us everything about your character. You know, that is an idea, Sean. It has been talked about a little, but not for a while. So who knows, but who would talk to me or would I have to talk to myself? And would that be a disaster? I don't know. Thank you for the input. It is it has been discussed. So we'll see. You can take total credit if we end up doing that. Drew Papuchis, I'm sure that's wrong, writes, this podcast brings so much joy to my work commute. You're the man at B.B. Baumgartner. You're damn right I am, Drew Papuchas. And because you said that, I'm really sorry that I butchered your name, which I definitely did. Um, so Steve and I talked about the director sandwich, which is when a director compliments an actor, then tells them what they're doing terribly wrong, and then gives them another compliment to soften the blow. So. Michael George writes, I had to laugh when you were talking about the director sandwich because I'm a teacher and we do it too, usually in emails to kids' parents. We call it a shit sandwich. Well, I'm glad to know they do it other places. <laughs> Nothing made me laugh harder, maybe throughout this entire podcast recording experience, than Steve talking about the director sandwich because it's so true. And now I'm going to need to go and look back at emails from teachers about my kids and see if I can find a shit sandwich there. And if there is, well, it probably means my kid did something wrong. Reverend BB, which is not me, to be very clear, here's my question because I'm curious Was it always the intent to do both podcasts, or was it just, hey, we have all of this useful stuff left? Let's do it. Great question, Reverend BB. Uh, It was always my intention. Yes. From the very beginning, the first person we interviewed was Rain Wilson. And I had even brought it up before then. Like, I think we're going to want, I think we're going to get more material than we want because an oral history of the office was, um, my math is bad, but let's say eight to 10 hours, uh, something like that and i sat down our very first interview with rain wilson and we sat down for over 2 hours and immediately was like well we can't use all of that and he said so many amazing things so yes it was always uh, our intention to to release more of the full conversations because we knew we had way more or we were going to get way more than what we needed for an oral history of the office. But thank you for the question. Joe Bangles writes to me on Twitter, random question, but do you have a favorite cheese? Cheddar from Wisconsin. Going to 11 writes to me regarding the Steve Carell episode. I love this episode. My wife has a theory on why young people love the office. It helps them feel less intimidated about being working adults, just because you are a professional doesn't mean you have it all figured out. They recognize personalities from school in the show. I think, I think, I think you're onto something. Going to eleven, I think you're going to eleven, or you're going to a hundred, or whatever the biggest number would be. That's very interesting. Yeah, I, I had not specifically thought about being less intimidated seeing people. You know who work in an office later on, not not kind of having it all together and figured out. But uh, that's I think that's a very very interesting theory. And yes, I I do think recognizing personalities from their other classmates and the structure of a class versus the office was so similar. Like an unreasonable teacher who makes you do unreasonable things. Very similar from Michael Scott making his office workers do. Unreasonable things. Laura B. Harshfield-Serbeck writes, I will say my 11-year-old son knows every episode and what season, finds all the mistakes and little extras I have missed. I asked him why he likes it, and it's because the characters talk about real life, and he thinks it's real. He knows it's not really a documentary, but it's what he thinks being adult and working is like, which shows how great the show was done. Well, Laura, all I can tell you is it is indeed what we were going for. The reality, uh, the sort of ultra reality of uh, not just making a documentary or how a documentary was shot, but in terms of the behaviors and interactions of the characters. So thank him for watching and for being so interested. And uh, thank you for clearly raising a great son and fan of the show. Kristen Sheehy writes, "I'm loving the podcast, currently going through chemo, and the office and your podcast has provided me with so much joy during this difficult process. God bless you, Kristen. I hope you all get better soon and thank you for listening and for watching and again i'm I'm so glad that us crazy band of nutheads have given some relief to what you are." going through. Pam Jill from the Randall Einhorn episode writes, what does a key grip slash grip do? Well, they grip it. And a key grip, I mean, clearly grips the key, I think. BC Gym Dad writes, Brian, did you just hear Aaron Rodgers in The Match tell Charles Barkley If you just beat Brian Baumgartner in Tahoe, he'll be happy. Yes, I did hear that. And I attempted, after being sent the clip of it, from Tahoe, where I was, getting ready to play, where he wasn't. uh, I did attempt to communicate, because I felt like I was brought up on air. I should have a chance to respond. So I attempted to contact Charles Barkley and Aaron Rodgers. And... Well, not really TNT, because I didn't know how to get a hold of anybody there, but I tried to be able to respond. They ignored my phone calls. So nothing unusual about any of that. Robert McCarthy 42 writes, I'd love to know some storylines that just missed making it into the office. There must have been a bunch of great ones. PS love the podcast. Thank you, Robert. Um, the one that springs to mind, I know we have talked about or we're about to talk about on an episode, Pet Day. Pet Day was is actually, to my knowledge, the only written script that we never did. It was a fully written script, and I think it just kind of kept getting pushed and wasn't done. There may have been some animal activists uh, that w- would not have been happy about that episode. I don't specifically remember the content, but Pet Day was the title, and there is a written episode of The Office that I read at some point very early on that has never, ever been produced. Veggie the Mimer writes, just a question, what is your favorite scene you've ever played as Kevin Malone? By the way... You're my favorite actor person in the series. Well, Veggie, you're amazingly smart, number one. Uh, two, my favorite scene ever. I mean, I guess I'm supposed to say the chili scene. I guess that's supposed to be my answer. So I can say that, or I can answer differently. The scene with Amy Ryan at the vending machine where she is counting money into my hands. Um, that's the one that I remember uh, being, for me, the most difficult to not laugh because of her sincerity and sweetness and how it was written, her perform, all of it. Um, I remember that scene. And then now that I'm thinking even more, maybe the basketball one. I mean, I made 13 in a row on prime time. And who's done that? Not, not many people ever have done. Network primetime made thirteen in a row from th- free throw line extended, so that's a possibility, as well. Nick Hamby on Apple Podcasts writes, uh, "Great podcast, love the podcast." I've watched The Office forty four times through. During my wife's pregnancy, we watched it so much that the first song that my son reacted to was the intro to The Office. Love the show and pod. Great work. Well, Nick, you might win. I don't know. 44 times is a lot of times. I don't know that I could count that high. I will tell you a funny story. Billie Eilish, who we talked to, told us at the time uh, that we talked, she had watched it 14 times times through there is some discussion she has watched it at least one more time since but 14 times through and I remember writing about that on social media and I can't tell you the number of comments that I got that was like Pff, 14 Pff, amateur she's not a real fan and I'm like 14 times is a lot of times like you got you can't dismiss 14 times as an as a number of times So, but 44, Nick, congratulations. You are officially, as of this moment in time, you're the highest watcher that I have heard of. So congratulations. And I say go for 45. It's a way, way better number. And there you have it, folks. Another mailbag in the, well, in the bag. Uh, Huge thanks to all of you, for real guys for coming back week after week and and for giving us well giving us the the fuel to make this episode i I could not ask for a better group of listeners keep the comments coming and we're going to see if we can fit in another episode very soon but until then we're going to be back tuesday with well perhaps the most well-dressed man in the business the incredible director paul feig and you never know might have a little surprise coming to you before then oh what does that mean well it means we may have an episode on thursday have an amazing week everyone happy birthday steve and i will see you soon The Office Deep Dive is hosted and executive produced by me, Brian Baumgartner, alongside our executive producer, Lang Lee. Our senior producer is Tessa Kramer. Our producers for this episode are Liz Hayes, Emily Carr, and Diego Tapia. And our intern is Hannah Harris. My main man in the booth is Colin Tedeschi. Our theme song, Bubble and Squeak, performed by my great friend Cree Bratton. And the episode was mixed by Seth Olansky.